Father, thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for this opportunity, Father God, to stand in your presence and minister your words of life, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that your word is life unto those who find them in health to all their flesh, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that you're not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent, Father. For have you said it, shall you not do it? And have you spoken it, and shall you not make it good? I thank you, Lord, for my brothers, Father, and for those that will be partaking today, listening live online, Father God. And for those that are coming, Father, I thank you that the angel of the Lord goes before them to keep them in the way, Father. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father, <clears throat> for your word again, Father. I thank you that you uphold your word above your name, Father. We bless you, Father. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I was thinking about uh, something. You know how they have this thing called the Black Lives Matter, right? And the interesting thing about that is that Joshua, in um, Joshua chapter 5, right? Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 5, he says, starting with verse 13, Joshua 5, 13. You know, one thing about uh, the sons of Issachar, the Bible says in the Old Testament that the sons of Issachar had an understanding of the times and the seasons, Amen. And, and right now, there's a, so many voices out there. And, uh, and a lot of them, what's, what's sad is that these voices that are out there, they have, some of them are, a lot of them are politicians, right? They have, they have, they have a, a, a crowd, if you will. They have people listening to them. And this one lady, she, I think she was a politician or something. She shaved off her hair back in July. No hair. Shaved everything. Oh. Terrible. And then uh, she says in, 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 the, in the article, it said that she made the step, statement about we don't need to stop the unrest. In other words, keep on doing what y'all are doing pressure. so that pressure, right, so the government will, will acknowledge us, us and give us what we want, if you will. And why she want? Why do you want? Well, I don't know. But the point is, is that people are hearing that, right? People that don't know anything about this understanding of the times that we live in, right? They're just, they're just out there following any, if you will, as it says in the Ephesians chapter four, you know, having itching ears, you know, just, just carried about with every wind of doctrine. Whether that's coming from people that are preaching the word of God and teaching the word of God, or even in the world, there's the world is teaching, right? They're teaching the people things, right? How to be unruly right now to disrespect authority everywhere they go and uh, yesterday I was out at, the, at this property that I that I go to photograph and um, the first time this first time I had been out there where I saw the signs that said uh, uh, how did it say no it didn't say no trespassing it just says uh, something to the effect you know don't get on the land well, I thought it was talking about the strip in between because they have all these electrical poles, right? And so there's that, and then there's the other side uh, that's that's all wooden, right? And so I went on in there, and I was setting up some water for the birds and stuff. 
And then about 30 minutes later, I was in the truck. Most of the times I go out there in the four-wheeler, but this time I went out in the truck. And about 30 minutes later, a couple of guys were in the back and they said, Grand Prairie Police. And they said, you know, I said, can I come out of the truck, right? And I had my two cameras right there on the window. And then I come out and I went back there and I had my license and I gave it to him. They said, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm photographing birds and stuff. Well, uh, and then uh, he says, well, somebody called and said they heard shots out here. Oh. He says, do you own a weapon? I said, no, I don't have no weapons registered to my name, etc." And then um, he said, um, well, how long have you been out here? I said, well, about 30 minutes. And he goes, hmm. So, it's, so anyway, he said, well, can I search the vehicles? I said, yeah, go look. You know, I just had my cameras and stuff in there. Well, he finished searching. And while he was searching, I was talking to the other officer. And I, we just started talking about I mean, you know, I was just doing what I do, right? And I was sharing with them how that, you ever think about, you, you ever see the males and how predominant they are, like the male birds are more colorful than the female and the babies, right? Mm. And uh, he said, yeah, and I said, you know why? And I, he says, no. And, uh, and then I said, well, because the male doesn't want the predator to see his female or the babies. That's why they're uglier than the male, you see? And he, and he, and I said, and I told him, I said, God set that up on purpose that way. The male is supposed to be in front of his wife and his children. So, and, and, you know, and he was like, wow, man, I never realized all that. But long story short, after that, he came out and he looked in the back and I said, man, he says, this guy's got an awesome setup in there, man. <laughs> That's what the officer said. And then, and then uh, they said, okay, well, let me pack up. And then I was going to follow them out, right? because you have to drive down in there. Well, then I was facing this direction and their vehicles were facing that direction. So he said, what's up there? And I said, well, there's the path out there and there's two, two creeks, you gotta be careful if you're gonna go out there. You know, and then, and then basically he said they were gonna follow, I was gonna follow them out, we didn't even do that. They went that way and I went out this way by myself. And then they were, and then as he was asking me that question, he was smiling, you know, because I, I told the officer I had never seen those signs out there. This is the first time I had ever seen them, and I and I and I now now that I know that the property it's a city of Dallas property. I told he I said, well, I'll never come out here again. I'm never going to come back again unless I have permission. Right? Oh, okay. And and the point I'm making is that is that you know right now we're we're in a time where you know mankind doesn't want to honor and respect the police officers, right? And it's not really about the police, it's about what they represent, authority, right? And, um, and not only that, uh, you know, it, it, so one, okay, you got police officers that, that have abused, right? And have actually now killed people and so on and so on. Does that mean all the police officers are bad? Right? You deal with those situations as they come up, you prosecute, you, do, you let the, you let the, the due process do its work, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I said, I was talking to this about my son last night, and I was telling my son, I said, so it would be like a father, right, that's abusive to his wife and abusive to his children. Does that mean all fathers are bad? No, 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 no. transfer of aggression. You understand what I'm saying? 
And so, and so the thing is, though, humanity is looking for a reason to rebel. Mm -hmm. Give me an excuse, right, to cross the line and act a fool and destroy property and steal and, and, and do all these things that are out of order and, and nothing but chaos. So the enemy, and it's interesting now is that you have more women, women now coming up in authority in these high-profile positions, right? And there's a scripture in Isaiah. The principle is, is that woe to the nation that, that where women are their rulers, right? See, in other words, God didn't bring the male out because he's better than the female. He didn't put him out front because he's better than the female, right? Or he's more... Um, that's right. He didn't do this just to say that the male is better than the female. Right? Or that he's smarter than the female or he can do it better than the female. That has nothing to do with it. He did it because it's, he's a God of order. order. And, he, and everything that he set up, for example, all these animals and the way they operate, the way the, the way the earth operates, the way the moon operates, the sun operates, the stars, everything came from order. All, all these avenues, the animals and so on and so on, all they can do is do what they're supposed to do. They don't break rank. They don't break authority. They only submit to authority. It's, it's mankind that had the power of choice to make a choice to serve God or not, right? And because, But the other side of this is that <clears throat> we have an enemy that's been sowing seed in our hearts from the day that you were born, man, right? Incorruptible seed, right? I mean, corruptible seed. And that seed now in, in humanity's lives, they're reaping the harvest of that corruptible seed, right? So now, if we go back, <clears throat> I was saying all that because I was talking to that officer about, we can't have uh, order if we don't have authority, man. Somebody's got to be out there maintaining the laws and the boundaries and stuff. And, and this is what y'all do, you know. I was, I was a, a, encouraging them, you know, that you guys are doing an important part, right? But I thought about, you know, what the enemy is trying to do, obviously, is always get us in a place of division, right? He always wants us to get, because if we get united, then we are a greater force yeah, in the earth to do the will of God in the earth and bring, as the scripture says, on earth as it is in heaven, the government of God from that heavenly place down here and bringing and taking dominion in the land, right? So in Joshua 14, so like I said, you got you got all these uh, cliques, right? You got you got your Black Lives Matter, you know, you got, you know, all these all these organizations that are involved in their own thing, and, and so if you're not a part of an organization, then we have a problem with you, right? If same thing in the, in the in the Democrats and the Republicans, you know, everybody has their own little cliques. They're missing the point, right? Is that we're supposed to be the United States, but we're the divided states. And what is what did Jesus say? Every kingdom, every house divided against itself will not stand. Either we're going to believe the word of God and what God said about all this, or we're not going to believe it. And of course, I'm going to choose to believe God. Now, yeah. And so, if you look at the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, And our brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. The word carnal here is the word sarkikos, the works of the flesh. Even as unto babes is napias, infants in Christ. 
I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. So we see the, a similar writing in Hebrews chapter 5, right, where it says, but strong meat belongs to them who are full age, right? Even those who by reason of use have their senses, which is a part of your emotional realm, which is, a part, which is your soul, exercised to discern both good and evil. Your senses are now in harmony with your spirit, and you can pick up what's not of God and what's of God. Okay? And this is because of the word of God. Now, he told him, verse 3, you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying, okay, envying means excitement of mind, ardor, fervor of spirit, uh, jealousy, malice, and, you know, evil. So envying and strife, strife is a word that means contention and wrangling, you know, and fighting, man. And then it says here, uh, strife and then divisions. Divisions are just that, dissensions, divisions, like a crack in the foundation, man. Right? The foundation now has a problem. And then he says, uh, are you not carnal and walk as men? In other words, you're acting just like the world, body of Christ, when you allow yourself to get into the state of mind, when you say, I'm of this camp, I'm a, I'm a Baptist, so you, I can't, I can't, I love you as a brother, but I can't really accept the word of God from your life. Right? Because you believe in tongues, we don't believe in tongues. You believe that God will heal anybody. Right? I believe that. I believe that he'll heal them all. Because he saved them all. Amen. Did he save everybody? Yes. Through Amen. Jesus Christ? Yes. It's a free gift, right? Free gift. Anybody can accept it. And so by the same point, he told that that uh, when they let that that man down through the roof and, and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees were waiting to see what Jesus was going to do. And Jesus said, What's easier to say? Be healed and be forgiven. In other words, it's the same thing. You're going to heal them all, he'll heal them all, he'll forgive them all. But you got to accept him, right? The yeah. gift. So, again, you know, this, this area of division that we've, you know, humanity has allowed themselves to get into it. And I don't, I don't necessarily uh, hold anything against them because they don't know, right? They, you can explain to them the principles, but they still don't have the Spirit of God to understand these things. You see? Now, in the body of Christ, that's different. You've heard some of this, if, if you will, in the world, in the body of Christ. But yet you're still allowing yourself to be involved in all these little cliques, right? Now in Joshua chapter 5, 13, it says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword, drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, or no, but as captain of the hosts of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? So in other words, I'm not for either one of you, but I'm for the Lord. Amen? Amen. And that's the mindset that we should always have when we get encountered with these philosophies and views and principles that want to draw us in to join their cliques. Mm. No, 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 I'm not for that. But I'm for the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Hallelujah. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the point I want to make right there is that <clears throat> we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Everywhere you go, man, 
is a sanctified place unto the Lord. Amen. You see, you, you have to understand what we have in this tabernacle not made with hands. We carry the presence of God everywhere we go. And in, and in doing so, it's not just so that we can have God's presence, but God expects us to take heed to our spirit and, and, and if necessary, do a work for the Lord. You know, pray for someone, give them the word of God, you know, minister to them, serve them, serve them, love them, love them, help them. And like that officer that I talked to yesterday, I wasn't teaching him, I wasn't telling him anything about the Bible, but I was teaching him a parable. Amen. You see? An understanding of the kingdom of God about order and how God set the male up on purpose, not because he's better than, more educated than, more trained than, you know, prettier than or whatever, but because of order, because Satan understands order and authority. And he knows that if the authority is out of the way, then now I can come in and sow my seeds into these hearts and these people's lives. And the results are going to be tares, you see, weeds and stuff growing up in their lives. Now, <clears throat> I was thinking about, you know, a scripture in Psalm 107, 20 says, it says he sent, it says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, the Bible says that of Jesus and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? Uh -huh. Now, what does that mean right there? What does that mean that he became flesh? In other words, Jesus was the word, right? Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then it says that the same was in the beginning. In other words, the word was there in the beginning when God put, set it all up. Mm. Right? Amen. So Jesus was there, and the Bible says without him was not anything made that was made. Amen. You see? So we need to understand here that <clears throat> God in his desire of training and teaching us is that so that we'll come into maturity in the things of God, of, of what God has for you. Right? And for your family and for, for your loved ones and stuff. In other words, you coming into your inheritance as a fully matured son or daughter of God. Now, when you are, when you become the word or as Jesus, you're on the Bible says of Jesus in verse 11, 111, John 111. He came unto his own and his own received him not. So see, in other words, when you come unto your own, they're not going to receive you. Mm. Right? Because... They, they can't, see, the thing is, is that you can't recognize the things of God if you're carnal. Mm. You can't work in the spirituals and the things of God if you're carnal. Mm. For example, I was talking to my son. I said, we were talking about this, and I said, I said, do you know what fornication is? And he kind of said no, and then I said, well, fornication is when a man uh, has sex with a woman, or a woman with a woman, or a male with a male. It's all the same thing, right? You're violating. You're crossing the boundary. And then I said adultery is when a man is married and has sex. A man is married to a woman. You see? And then I was explaining. I said, and then I, I said, now, in either one of those two situations, those two are works of the flesh. And those individuals that claim that they're Christians, right? But that's even a problem right there. You, carnal Christian is really not... A right term because Christian means to act like Christ. Yeah, if you see? Not Christian or not. Right. So it's either it's either you're being carnal uh, no, or you're being Christian. Amen. Christian is like Christ. And I said you can't work the things of God as a son or daughter of God if you're carnal. In other words, no amount of scripture that you know from your soul 
and that's not coming forth out of your spirit, you're being carnal. In other words, you're allowing your soul to be dominated through the carnal man. So the scripture says, and they that are Christ have crucified the affections and lust. See, in other words, when you die to yourself, you're actually not, it's not just a term that you're saying, I'm dying to myself. I'm allowing this Holy Ghost, this presence of God, this life of God to walk. I'm choosing to walk after the spirit and after, not after my flesh, in other words. And I'm, I'm not allowing my soul to carry me off because I like something, how it's attractive or whatever, you know. And these are things that we have to walk in day in and day out consistently before God can get you to that place where now you're ready, son. This is what I prepare for you. So the scripture says in verse 12 of John 1, but as many as received him to them give he the power or authority to become the sons of God. Now this thing about Jesus not being received on, uh, from his own, the Bible says that a prophet, Jesus said this, is without honor in his own country. Again, uh, amongst your own kind and kin, they can't see the change. All they remember is old Joseph. You see? The way Joseph used to be. Or the way one, or you or, or me used to be. In, in other words, the way we used to be before we came to know the Lord. So Jesus, in Matthew 13, 54 through 58, it says, And he was coming to his own country, and he taught them in their synagogue. Insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence this hath this man, this wisdom, and these mighty works? You see, they couldn't understand how Jesus, that had no education, formal education that they knew of, and that had no training of any kind in these matters, how could this individual come into a place where he could teach this word of God and teach this kingdom of God with authority and power, man? Amen. And then they said, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? You know, it's funny about that because on, on Sunday morning now, they're, they're having uh, Channel 4. They show the, the Catholic Mass. Yeah, yeah. And they got Jesus over there on a, on a crucifixion. And then they got the Virgin Mary back there in the back with all these holy looking, I mean like glorious, like she's shining. <clears throat> the scripture teaches us, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The very first Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You know? Neither, nothing of the representation of, on earth, in heaven, or under the earth. You know, Jesus is not in the grave anymore. He's not dead anymore. He's alive and he's resurrected, glory to God. And that's how I choose to see him. Right? I don't choose to see him as a dead man crucified with blood all over him and nails in his hands on that cross. Right? So, <clears throat> the point is, is that you know, again, the people perish because they don't they don't have understanding of the word of God. And then he says, Are they, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. In other words, everywhere else, the, the, the world and everywhere else that we go as sons and daughters of God, they're going to understand and comprehend God and see God. But those that are amongst your own kind, they, they can't accept it. And it's not so much relative, right? Because I've been in situations where brothers and sisters, they love the revelation of the kingdom of God, but when it actually comes to applying that to your life, you mean I have to die to myself? You mean I got to put my dreams and my visions down? 
so that he can fill me up with his desires and his purpose? Uh, yeah. Because that's what we do in the kingdom of God, you see? Amen. Constantly laying it down before the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen? Amen. So back to verse John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. The word power is authority. Which were born. See, you were born again, the Bible says, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of the will of God. Amen. Amen. You were born again because God wanted you to be born again. Amen. Amen. That's powerful right there, man. And then it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, one thing we need to understand about the kingdom of God is that it wasn't just Jesus Christ that was going to come into maturity as a son of God. The Bible teaches us in, in Hebrews chapter 2, I think it's verse 14. No, 10. Yeah. For it became him Alright. Uh, it was suitable or proper him. For whom, in other words, for whom are all things, or all things are for Christ, and by whom are things, all things are of Christ, in bringing many sons unto glory. Sons as we are, fully mature, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. You know, last night my son, he was very, very uh, anxious and, and worried about math and English. He's in, I think he's in ninth now, ninth grade. And I said, he was already of the opinion, I can't do math, oh my God. algebra, you know, already speaking yeah, negative. negative, speaking contrary from the word, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had to get him on board with the word. I said, son, you're reaping the harvest that you're sowing. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you know what reaping means? And they're like, no. I said, reaping means to gather. You're getting the results in your life of what's coming out of your mouth. That's why it's so important to change the well and put this word of God in your heart so that that's what comes out of your mouth. Amen. So, and then so we pray and everything and, 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 and I went over the principles, you know, of, of a man's confession is a result of what he's believing. A man's belief is a result of what he's thinking. A man's thinking is a result of his knowledge and a man's knowledge is a result, is a result of his source. And we went over that, and we, and we quoted some scriptures, you know, as I was praying with them. And uh, and then, it was about 4.17 in the morning. Man, I'm out, man. I'm <laughs> And Papa, I can't sleep. He's been up all this time, man. You know, because he was worried, right? And he says, can I sleep with you? I said, yeah, I do. But the point is that he also says to me, Papa, I want you to forgive me for being so rebellious. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, you know, God was dealing with his heart, amen? Mm -hmm. and, and we have to come to that place all the time, amen? When we finally realize an area of our lives that that's out of order with God, and then when we see it, amen, immediately get before, get, get before the Lord and repent and ask God to forgive, amen? I mean, thank you for forgiving me in Christ, amen? And so on and so on, and, and that's what he did, you know. And, and so I was I was glad and grateful for that. But the point is, is that, you know, he came to a place, amen, where he showed some maturity about this situation. Amen. And so, uh, this 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 power to become the sons of God, it's in a it's it's a place 
that's been given to us by the Lord. It's not just uh, just because you know I was in a meeting and I and I had and I had an emotional feeling and I decided to go up to the altar and, and and receive Jesus. But the problem is is that in those types of situations you never see any change in their lives because the Scripture says, "Bring forth fruit, meat for repentance." In other words, if you repented, show me. By the lifestyle. If you've been a drunkard, stop drinking. If you've been a fornicator, stop fornicating. If you're a thief, stop stealing. If you're a liar, stop lying. Amen. If you're rebellious, stop being rebellious. Okay? Hallelujah. And, and and I remember, you know, when I got born again, that was all those things. And in a matter of two or three days, man, all that stuff was gone. The smoking, the marijuana, the drinking, running around, all that stuff. Amen. Man. And, I, and, and, and as one man, I was talking to him, one, one of the guys I work with, and he says, you must have really got born again. <laughs> but but that's the thing is that, you know, there's got to be a change in our hearts, right? And, and that change is always the reflection of what God is dealing with us by the Holy Ghost in our hearts to bring us back in line with him. So he sent his word and healed him. All right. Now, who is the word of God? Jesus. Jesus that's right. So he sent his, he sent Jesus, you see, and healed him. Amen. Now, where is Jesus Christ? He's right here in your tabernacle, right? Forever. Amen. Now, when he sends this word and heals them, who's he sending? He's sending you. You are the carrier of God. He's sending you. He sent his word and healed him and delivered them from all their destructions. He needs you to go deliver them and bring them back into reconciliation with the Father. In other words, tell them everything's okay with God in you now. Amen. Amen. And so the point I'm making is that, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's when he's going to send you when you now, you're walking consistently in these things of God and so on and so on. In other words, you're walking in maturity. And you can't expect God to bypass the principles of the process that needs to take place for us in the growing up to be sons and daughters of God. <clears throat> Jesus said, in, in, it says of Jesus in John chapter 10, 30, 39, he says, I and my father are one. And then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. In other words, your very own kind will want to shut your mouth and kill you because your hearts are full of hatred. Because Jesus said, if you have hatred in your hearts, you're murdered, right? In verse 32, it says, Jesus answered them, many good works have I shown you from my Father. Okay, from which of those works do you stone me? And the Jews answered him saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemous because I said I am the Son of God? Right. So you see, when we tell the people we're sons of God, some of them are like, what do you mean? They don't understand, right? Because they're looking at it from a carnal perspective or from a worldly perspective. 
And then he says, if I do not the works of my father, then don't believe me. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I'm in him. Therefore, they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand. Now, <clears throat> he sought, they sought to take him, and he escaped out of their hand. So, in other words, the one that God's preparing and getting ready to send out is us. Amen? Amen. He's wanting us to be ready to encounter any kind of situation, man. Masters of the sword. And then no matter what kind of situation comes forth, the Holy Ghost will quicken that word, amen, and it comes forth. In the matter of what you're dealing with over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. Amen? Amen. So I just wanted to share that because it's it's we need to understand that us and who we are, sons and daughters of God, we came from God. Mm. Amen? Amen. And now I want to read something to you guys. Um <clears throat> see if I can pull this up. Listen to this statement. The will of the Father is the word of the Father. The word of the Father is the way of the Father. And the way of the Father is the work of the Father. And the work of the Father is the word of the Father. Joseph 1 1. The Holy Ghost, amen. So, the will of the Father is the word of the Father. God's will is his word. Amen? Now, the word of the Father is the way of the Father. The word of God will teach you the way of God. The way of Christ, right? The way Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. In other words, I'm the pattern. You need to pattern your life after me, says the Lord. And do it the way I did it. And I didn't do it by going through college. By going through no Baptist or Pentecostal or full gospel or whatever school system for Bible teaching, right? I didn't go that way. I went the way of the word, amen? And I spent time with God, just like Moses did. <laughs> and Joshua and David and Solomon and Samuel and all these men of God, amen? They spent time in the presence of God. That's why they had something, because they had God. Now, the way of the Father is the work. Of the Father, and then the work of the Father is the word of the Father. Jesus said, uh, "the the word the works testify of me." You see, it's showing you who I am. In other words, and I am the word is what He's trying to tell them. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. All right. Amen. Now I want to get into now the outline here, and uh, we're going to talk about doubt. There's two words for doubt, diacrono and distazzo. And they, hold, they both have two, two different meanings, okay? So diacrono, the word diacrono, it means to separate, to make a distinction, to discriminate, to prefer, all right? To decide, to try. Uh, and then in the Strong's, it says to separate thoroughly, that is, to withdraw, to oppose, to discriminate, okay? And, and it comes from two words, to try, which is crino, to try to condemn or punish. Um, and then, uh, and, and so diacono is, is, is 
is taking the word to court. It involves the person who stands at the Y with a decision to make. He or she has not decided on the word. Now, one thing about the word of God is, is that we have to understand that God's word is final authority. Amen. If the word of God says that if you are Christ, you have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust. You see, that means that that's what you do. You obey the word of God. You don't have a, a, a situation where one day you're spiritual and one day you're carnal. You stay consistent, all right? You stay hopomene, which means consistent. Now, this word is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 20. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 4, verse 20. All right? Amen. Now, it says here, he staggered. The word staggered is the word diacono. He didn't separate thoroughly. He didn't discriminate. He didn't hesitate. Not at the promise of God. He didn't doubt at the promise of God. Through unbelief. Unbelief here, now there's two words for unbelief. Apistia and apithia. Apistia means no faith. Apistia means hostile. Hostility and hatred. So he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So what we have to see and understand here is that the doubt comes because of no word in your life. The unbelief here is the word apistia, which means no faith. So if you want to remove the doubt in your heart, you've got to get into the word. Because that's how you remedy the solution of no faith. Now, and so the point is, is that uh, the acrono comes through unbelief. And up apostia is a lack of faith. Doubt, the acrono is the product of unbelief. You remedy apostia, which is no faith, by receiving and hearing the word of God. Now, and when Jesus was come, this is uh, King James, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 6, verse 2, read through verse 6. <clears throat> and when the day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things, and what wisdom is, is this which he's given unto him, that even such mighty dunamis works are wrought by his hands? And then again, they said, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. And he said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kind and in his own house. And he could do there no mighty dunamis, no mighty works, no miracles, save he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And, they, and he marveled because of their unbelief, which is apistia, no faith, faithless. And he went around the villages teaching. The remedy for the lack of faith is hearing and hearing by the word. He wanted them to understand that you're going to get faith if you allow me to teach you. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Now, let's look at this in the Amplified. And on the Sabbath... He began to teach in the synagogue, and many who listened to him were utterly astonished, saying, Where did this man acquire all this? What is the wisdom, the broad and full intelligence which has been given unto him? What mighty works and exhibitions of power are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here among us? And they took offense at him and were hurt. That is, they disapproved of him and it hindered them from acknowledging his authority. Mm. 
And, and they were caused to stumble and fall. So in other words, they wanted a reason to stumble and fall there. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, that is, deference and reverence, except in his own country and among his relatives and in his own house. And he was not even he was not able to do even one work of power there, except he laid his hands on a few sickly people and cured them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, their lack of faith in him. And he went about among the surrounding villages and continued teaching. Amen? Amen. And so he had to bring up their faith. And right now, I believe the principle of God, right? That the, the word is being sown. The only expectation from the heart of the people that are hearing these words and receiving these words of God is that their faith is going to grow. Now, what does that mean? That means we're going to come into a place where we're going to see the power of God on an unprecedented level. Because why? The people have faith now. And if they have faith, they're going to receive. Amen? Amen? Now, in, uh, in James chapter 1, verse 5, through verse 8, it's if, it says, If any of you lack to leave, that is, uh, to fail or be absent wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally, bountifully, freely, and upbraideth not. That means he doesn't defame them, he doesn't rail at them, he doesn't correct you know uh, be harsh to him or, or taint him not and it shall be given him but let him ask in faith right Amen. nothing wavering the word wavering here is the word diachronum nothing doubting nothing hesitating nothing pausing for he that wavereth he that diachronum he that pauses he that hesitates he that doesn't know which decision to make is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed for let not that man think that he shall receive Lambano, which means to take anything of the Lord. You're not going to be able to take anything. A double-minded, which is the word dipsukos, which means twice soulish, man is unstable, inconstant. You can't depend on him. In all his ways, amen, in his progress and in in his, in how he progresses. So, again, the word dipsukos means twice soulish. In other words, you can't make a decision, you know, one day you receive God and you receive the word, I'm healed. Three days later, oh man, I thought I was healed. You start questioning the word of God. You put the word of God in court, in other words, and the, and the verdict is guilty. But what we have to understand is that in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, amen, uh, we maintain our faith toward God, right? Amen. We maintain the word of God, amen, what it says, amen? amen. And, and so, for example, you know, my back has been bothering me and, and you know, it's been bothering me, right? And, and so this morning I was reading the scripture. It's, a, it's in Psalm. Let me see if I can find that one real quick. Yeah, Psalms 123, 28. He says, verse 1. Don't turn a deaf ear when I call you, God. If all I get from you is deafening silence, I'd, better, I'd be better off in the black hole. And then this is what I prayed this morning. I'm letting you know what I need, Father. Calling out for help and lifting up my arms towards your inner sanctum. 
Don't shove me into the same jail cell with those crooks, with those who are full-time employees of evil. They talk a, a good line of peace, then moan life for the devil. Pay them back for what they've done, for how they've been bad, for that, how bad they've been. Pay them back for their long hours in the devil's workshop, then cap it with a huge bonus. And so the point is, is that that scripture where it says, I'm letting you know what I need. And that's what I said to the Father this morning. I'm letting you know, Father, that I'm believing according to your word, that you supply all of my needs, and I need you to relieve the pain in my back, glory to God, according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. You see, I had to put the word on it. And the point is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep professing, confessing, speaking the same as the word, what the word says. Not what my body's saying. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And but the man that goes back on God's word and says, "Well, I thought I was healed. You know, uh -huh. I thought this is what, you know, I thought I was healed." And so they end up going back on the Lord and saying, "Well, Father, you didn't heal me." And so they start giving an attitude towards God that God is not faithful. Well, we, we know that's not true, right? Uh -huh. yeah. And so. <clears throat> In James 4, 8, the same scripture, I mean the same principle here. James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. The word double-minded, again, is the word dipsukos, two-spirited, two souls. In other words, God wants us consistent in our in our belief of what we believe according to the word of God. He doesn't want you saying one thing and then saying another thing that contradicts God's word. You see? And we have to understand this, is that we must stay consistent with God's word in our hearts and in our lives. And, and keep, uh, you know, professing God's word about whatever the situation is when you need him. Now Mark 11, 20 through 24. All right. Mark eleven twenty. This is the lesson of the withered fig tree. All right. Start verse twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off and having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered, or responded, and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter called to remember and said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Amen. In other words, have the God kind of faith. Now, verse 11, 20, Mark 11, 23. For verily I, Lego, say unto you, that whosoever shall say, the word say here means, is the word epo, which means to speak or say something, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt, Diakono in his heart, but shall believe th those things which he saith, Lego shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Epo. Amen. Amen. Now, 
The word lego here means to lay forth a set discord or to mean or to intend. So in other words, sometimes when we're correcting our children, we, we say it in a certain fashion where they understand that we're intending and we mean what we say. Right? Yeah. I need you to go to your room, pick up all your clothes, put them in a basket, bring them to the washroom. Amen. I'm saying something with, with a certain discourse, a path, and the effect and the result is you need to get that basket of clothes and bring it to the washroom. You see? Lego means to lay forth the set discourse to mean or to intend to expect a purpose. So Jesus said, for verily I say, I Lego unto you. I'm Legoing something to you. I need you to understand something right now. That if you, what's, if you say, if you echo to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt to have a second opinion, you see, in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says, which he legos, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Now, it's important that we understand this principle here is that when you say something, you can't say it in, in an attitude where it's just a statement. For example, if I said, you know, uh, that speaker's black, that's an epo. In other words, I'm just making a statement about something. I don't mean or intend anything by it, right? But when I say, for example, as the scripture says, I'm letting you know what I need, calling out for help and lifting up my arms toward your holy sanctum. Father God, I'm calling out to you, telling you that I need relief in my back. Amen. And according to your word, you shall supply all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In other words, what I asked of the Father is what I saw in my mind that he's bringing that relief to me. You see, I'm legoing something unto him. And I'm saying to this mountain, to this pain, be thou removed. Amen? Amen. And so, the point is, is that you, you can at that time in your heart, when you're asking and seeking God for whatever it is, for yourself, for your family, for your children, for your brothers and sisters, for a person that you've been ministering to, and you want the Holy Ghost to move on their lives, you know? When you come before the Lord, and you're asking the Father for these things, you can't have it in your heart that, that, that God's not going to do what, what His Word said He's going to do. And because if you do, then you're doubting. And as soon as you doubt, you just negated your faith. In other words, you, your faith just got quenched. It's like quenching a fire. Putting, putting water on it. It's gone. So the point is, is that when we lay go, we have to understand what we're doing. When we're saying and asking and seeking God for something, whatever it is, then we have to believe God's word that, that he's going to be fulfilled. He's going to fulfill what you're asking in faith. Now, the scripture says that you're going to have them. So whatever you ask for, he, Jesus said you're going to have it. Amen. Right? Now, Jesus said you're going to have it. Amen. He didn't mix his words. Now, what gets rid of unbelief? Epistia. Epistia means no faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. What gets rid of epistia? That's right. Hearing and hearing and hearing. The rainbows of God. The rainbows of the words that are coming out of your spirit, man. So the word of God tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Unbelief is a lack of faith. So you need faith, which you get by the word. So since doubt or diagonal is the child of unbelief, 
Unbelief, for example, is like a woman who's pregnant. And the product that she produces is uh, diacrono, which is doubt. So in other words, we don't need doubt and unbelief in our hearts. Amen? Because we're never going to receive from God for ourselves, as I said, for our families, for our loved ones, for our brothers and sisters, and for those out there in the world, when he sends you the word to them, you're not going to receive from the Lord. And it's not about, I got faith for a new car. I got faith for more money in my bank account. I got faith for a new house. No, 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 that's not faith. Faith is faith toward God. It's a second foundational principle. And that foundational principle has to do with you taking God and his word. Amen. And that's what I did this morning. I'm letting you know what I need, calling out for help and lifting up my arms toward your inner sanctum. Amen. I'm letting you know, Father, you're, this is what your word says. Amen? Amen. And I'm believing your word for what I need. Amen. So unbelief is always bringing forth and conceiving doubt, hesitation, pausing. And we don't want to doubt to survive. We have to give him the faith which annuls him. And here in these verses, Jesus tells us how to do it. The word doubt, he shall not doubt in his heart, is diakonum. The definition of diakonum is to pause, to hesitate, to be unsure, to be uncertain. Any of those words tells us that we will oppose or withdraw ourselves from our position of faith in the word of God. So Jesus said, do not pause or do not hesitate when you're about to speak the word. Do not pause, do not hesitate when you're about to speak the word of God. Amen? Amen. So, you know, there's been times when, when I approach someone and I'm going to give them a word, and it's just like, I'm, 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 real, I'm scared. Oh. You see, already I'm doubting. Did I hear from God for them? <laughs> no. See, it's, that's it. There's no, there, you, you, might, you might as well not even say nothing. When you're going to go bring forth the word of God, you've got to be confident that you've heard from God by faith yeah. and that what you're going to deliver is by faith. Amen. Amen? With no doubt in your heart. So Jesus said to not pause or hesitate when you're about to speak the word. And so the acronym or doubt is the devil's trying to get you to doubt in your heart the very thing Jesus Christ said you will have if you don't doubt or the acronym. Now, in the, in the parable of the fig tree, this is where the revelation of destroying doubt is so effective. Jesus didn't want walk to that fig tree and just spontaneously curse it. He didn't just say it for nothing. Right? There, there have been, so there's people that have tried to explain this, and, and the point is, is that Jesus was teaching them something about faith here. And we know what the word says, and we know why he said it, and what he was intending to do. And that is what Lego means. Now notice this. For verily I Lego unto you, and then he gives you the course of action of black and white of which you took the day prior or the day before. In other words, I said to that fig tree, you're never going to produce food and curse from the root of it. He said a Lego to that fig tree. He said a set discord of what I know is going to expect to happen because I have faith in my father and the one I'm asking him. So now Lego says I'm going to speak out of my mouth the very course of action that I intend or purpose with my heart to see to come to pass. So disciples, I'm going to say for my mouth to this fig from my mouth to this fig tree the course of action that I'm going to set my course and speak from my mouth the very thing that I intend that I purpose to come to pass because I believe that in my heart that when I say it it's going to come it's going to get done. 
or come to pass. Now they didn't know all that. And so Jesus said unto them, Behold, the victory is withered away. That's what Peter said. And Jesus said, I'm going to show you the same course of action. I'm going to show you the same discourse, the same path that I took to get that fruit tree, that fig tree, to wither away. So, um, whoever will just speak to this mountain and command it to be removed and to be gone out of their lives and refuses to hesitate within their heart, that means refuses to be unsure, refuses to pause within their heart, that man is going to receive the very thing that he intended to receive if they believe me. Amen. It's like I was telling you a while ago, we didn't get just born again uh, for nothing. We got born again from the very presence of God, man. God is the one that made the choice to allow Barnabas to get born again, to allow Emmanuel to get born again, to allow Nathaniel, Sister Kobe, etc., etc., etc. This is the will of God. We weren't born from the will of man or the will of flesh. Amen. Amen? Now, if you have a word from God or something to minister on, don't deliver it with doubt in your heart. Deliver effectively and confidently. So, consider that when you're given that word, you're setting forth a leg or a path for that brother or sister. You're giving them something that God wants them to understand that this is a course of action I need you to take by faith. Amen? Now, so don't, don't deliver with doubt in your heart, in other words. Be effective and be confident. And so the thing is, is that they never thought about the course of action of the Lego, about what they're about to say or echo. They never thought about the course of action that they're going to specifically, intently, and purposely fulfill before they come and say anything to that individual that they deliver the word of God to. So what are you wanting to do is to develop confidence and what we have received and heard from God. If I go to you and I say I have a word of God from you, you see the difference. Because when that happens and someone knows that they have a word from God, you know that what that what that does to the individual that's getting the word. In other words, it lifts up their expectation. Amen? Amen. It lifts their hope up. Right? Mm. This brother's got a word from me. All of a sudden, it lifts your expectation up. I'm going to release my faith towards God that what I'm about to hear is from God. Amen? Amen? Amen. But if you, like I said, you're going to say something, but there's no course of action. In other words, if you, if you say it without any intent behind it, then it's just, it, it's already, it's, it's doubt, in other words. Wow. It's not going to go anywhere. So you have to be confident and sure about what you're bringing forth, which places you in a position in a course of action no, I'm sorry, listen to position where you're not sure. And all you're going to bring me is an epo or statement. You're going to say something, but there's no course of action. And all that I'm going to be responsible for. So too much doubt and unbelief in it. I can't accept that, man. It's full of doubt and unbelief. It's mingled in there. So, so you, if you look at the life of Jesus Christ, man, everything that he delivered, amen, he delivered it by faith. He meant and he intended everything that he said. Devils come out, you know, the, the women with the issue of blood, your faith has healed you. Everything that he did, he did it with intent. In other words, he had a purpose behind it. He wasn't just, you know, like a little lamb, a gentle lamb, and, and you know, you know, man, you know, just just spouting off all this stuff and foolishness that he had, didn't have any intent for. He had a purpose, amen? amen. 
So we have to develop an attitude that when we go to someone, we're going to say it. I have a word of God for you. Please stand up. I want to minister this to you. You be sure that what God has spoken to you, you're not going to speak this spontaneously. You had a course of action from God. You sat down and you thought about this, and the very thing that you've intended to see to come to pass, you're going to speak it now and not doubt it. Amen? In other words, you know, when God gives me something, you know, a word, a prophetic word or something, I spend time in that word with God. Meditate the principles and, the, and what he's wanted to reveal and bring forth. I think about all these things, right? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Oh, Lord, my God, and my Redeemer. Because who are you representing? Oh, you see? You represent the Father, amen? And you're only going to get from the Father when you spend time with the Father. Amen. You see? And when you bring forth that word, amen, it comes forth with power, man. And, and the individual or the son or daughter of God, is, their faith is elevated, man. All of a sudden, a course of action is set because of that word of God. In Proverbs 4, 23, right? Keep your heart without diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. These words of life, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are pneuma, which is spirit, and they are zoe, which is God's life. These words are rhemas. These are spoken words that are coming forth out of your spirit. And you can't move and operate with this in doubt. Because God is going to destroy you. Man. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. So, um, the word, if you don't have the word, amen, in your lives, you're not going to have faith, which is going to be a pistia. As I said earlier, that Jesus stayed in the city and in the synagogues and he taught them because he needed their faith to be built up so that they could experience the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. You know, I'm excited about this meeting that's coming up because, you know, God has put me on the front. First one, if you will. But I know what's going to happen. The word of God is going to come out. And what's that going to do to the people? It's going to elevate their faith, glory to God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The sower soweth the word, amen. That word is going to generate something in their hearts. And they're going to see and hear from God. Amen. In all levels. I believe that. Hallelujah. That's the principle. God's not a man that he should lie. Amen. Neither the son of man that he should repent. He's not going to turn back on his principles and his ways. Amen. So... If you don't have faith, then that's that's a pistia, no faith, which is going to bring forth, as I said, he staggered out of the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Staggered is the word diacono, which means to doubt, to pause, to hesitate, and it says it came through unbelief. And unbelief here is the lack of the word. You don't have any word, you're not going to have faith. In other words, when the word of the Lord is going forth into your life, let's say God is bringing a word to your life, and you don't have the word in your heart to have your faith built up because it's your faith. The word is building your faith. And then the brother or sister brings it forth in faith. Faith to faith, amen. Yeah, then you're not going to receive that. That's why it's important for you, as the scripture says in Proverbs 16:1, the preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Your heart needs to be prepared. When we come to these meetings, glory to God, and your heart should be soft and pliable, like a ground when you till it up and plow it up. The heart has to be ready to receive, amen, amen. that word. Amen. 
So the thing is, is that if you have unbelief in your life, then, then you're not going to be able to receive from God. That's what it boils down to. So there's a statement here, doubt and do without, believe and receive. If you doubt, you're going to do without. So, so when you have, like I said, unbelief, it's going to bring forth diachrono, which is to doubt. And diachrono, once it starts opposing God, turns into rebellion and disobedience, which is the word apithia. Apithia means obstinate. Everything is progressive. In other words, you'll find yourself very hostile to the word of God, very anti and opposing certain teachings. You've got a problem unless it's not of God. Then you should oppose it. Amen. And the, thing, the, the good thing about the kingdom of God, the scripture says that you have anoint, the anointing that you received is going to teach you. It bears witness to your yeah, spirit yeah. that whatever's coming forth is of the Lord. Now, so you have a man that's trying to figure out what God has made available to him. He's at the crossroads. And he has two ways to go. He's, he's called double-minded at that time. Now there's a remedy for that, and it's just getting single-minded. Single-minded and believing what God's Word says. So you're at the crossroads, you're going to diagonal, you're going to doubt. You're going to pause and hesitate. Well, I don't know if healing's for today. I don't know if tongues is for today. I don't know if laying hands is for today. I don't know if He heals everybody. Did He save everybody? Yes. Amen. So, <clears throat> so you're at the crossroads, you're going to diagonal, which means you're going to pause your hesitating about what God's Word says about whatever it is that He's bringing you to in your life. And so when Jesus said, do not diagonal in your hearts, what are the two areas that you're facing when you start to approach a mountain? Move or it won't move. This is the area where Satan says, you know it's not going to go. But God said, the moment you speak, it's going to go. In other words, when you speak into that matter, the word of God, you've just set the course of action to get the purpose of God done in whatever that matter is by your faith. The scripture says, he spoke those things that be not as though they were. Yeah. How long did it take for all this stuff to come to pass? We don't know. It didn't happen in like 24 hours because our perspective is 24 hour clock is one day. God's perspective, as the scripture says, one day is a thousand to the Lord. So we got to understand perspective here. And so, so. Like I said, Satan's going to come and begin to minister that seed of doubt. Amen. But God says the moment you speak it, it's got to go. And you're walking toward that around trying to figure out if you believe it or not. You're trying, like I said, you may as well forget that one because you've already injected doubt into the situation. You know that you're unsure the moment you said it. I know the word of God says it and I'm going to go through with the ritual. And if something happens, well, all right. And the thing about it is, is the people that want to see the action first, that's mental ascent. Mentally. But the people that says, I don't need to see it, I believe it, that's faith. That's, that's of God, amen? That's the way of God. So, and if it doesn't happen, we haven't lost anything anyway. <laughs> that's what people say when they're in doubt. It's stuff that's so watered down, so milk toast that they're not going to believe or receive anything from God. And the thing about it is, as, as, the, as the title of this outline is, is that some worship, some doubt it. Some received it, right? And, 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 and it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Verse 2, verse, I'm sorry, verse 3. 
For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, I like this in the NIV translation. What's this? It's pretty nice. Man, I don't have NIV in there. Hang on. Proverbs chapter 4. I mean, Hebrews chapter 4, 2. It says, For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard did not combine it with faith. So in other words, they that heard it didn't combine it with faith. So you have to have faith, right, in, the, in this word, or you're not going to receive, right? Amen. Now, there's men of God who will preach one thing one week and another thing another week. The message is full of mixture, full of doubt. One week is preached, the next week the word is preached and contradicts the last thing that was preached. So think about all the people that are hearing these messages and all the doubt that's being cast on God's word. God is faithful, right? He's not a man that he should lie. So you have, you have to be, like I said, you have to understand that when you're bringing forth that word of God, you have to understand that it's a purpose behind it. It's not just, I'm saying scriptures just the same, mentally. And so the problem is, is that when these people are involved in all that, is that they're not clear about the message. They don't understand the message that's coming forth from, from what God has done in that individual's life. They don't know if it's God's will to heal. They don't know if it's God's will to deliver. They just don't know the word of God and they don't want to get taught properly because they have arrived. Everybody thinks they're mature and they don't need any more training. And the thing about it is, is we don't even know the six foundational principles. Right. That's right. That attitude is wrong. We've got to always understand that God is not through with us, amen? And he's got work to do in our hearts and our lives and we've got to allow him to do it. He does it through people, amen? So they don't want to get taught. They don't want to sit under. They're full of doubt and unbelief. They oppose the word of God. They're obstinate and they resist the Holy Ghost because they don't know how to recognize his presence and move in God, move with God in the spirit. So we need to make sure, you know, we need to be seeking God and asking God to help us recognize those that come in the name of the Lord. Now listen to this. This is Luke chapter 13, 34 and 35. He says, now by the way, I'm going to show you something here. The word Israel in the Bible means he will rule as God. Okay? And the Bible says that he that is a, let's see, he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter. Mm. You see, the Israel of God, the ones that, that, that know how to rule as God, these are the spiritual Jews. Amen? And those are the ones that that are moving by faith toward God. Those are the ones that are cutting the flesh from their lives. Amen? Just like the foreskin was cut. is a symbol of what was going to happen in the spirit. Amen? Amen. So, in, in uh, Luke 13, 34 and 35, let me find this so I can read this definition to you. Luke 13, 34. Alright. Now, Jerusalem, listen to this. Jerusalem means set ye double peace. Look at that, man. You get more by multiplying, right? Mm -hmm. One plus one is okay, but two times two is even better. 
So it says here, set ye double peace. Amen. That's what Jerusalem means. And so, again, the Israel of God are those that know how to rule as God in the earth. So the scripture says of Jesus in, in Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7, in the King James. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. So there's a lot of glory when a baby's born, right? But it's going to take a lot of work to get that baby mature. <laughs> it's only when he comes to maturity that now that he can be given responsibilities, now we can rejoice. So talking about Jesus, for unto us a child is born. There was a lot of glory in the fact that he was born and came into the earth. But he still wasn't ready. He had to be processed. He had to learn obedience by the things he suffered, the scripture says. So unto us a son is given. So in other words, when we come into our inheritance and our maturity in the Lord, now the Father can give you back to the people, to the earth. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government, his rule, he will rule as God. And peace, there shall be no end. Amen. You see, so the peace of God comes because of the government of God in your life. So, like I said, Jerusalem means set ye double peace. God wants double, double anointing, double strength, double power, double governments, Amen. if you will, Amen. in our lives and everything that we're doing. You've got your governor and your spirit working hand in hand with Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost, which is moving by the will of the Father. So he said in 1334, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which kills the prophets and stones those that are sent unto you. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and you wouldn't, you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, you shall, verily I lay go unto you, as the word say there, he said the discourse, you shall not see me until the time come when they shall say, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, you, we can't recognize or see Jesus Christ in his true governments of what he is to the body of Christ unless we see those that God is sending to us. Because then we begin to understand the kingdom of God and how God operates and what he wants on earth to be just like it is in heaven. The government of God, right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. One more thing here is that What's that scripture that talks about the time of restitution? Does anybody know where that is? Times of restitution? Times of restitution. There's only one, praise God. Acts 321. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now the word restitution means restoration. And it says here, of a true theocracy. Theocracy was God's form of government. Amen. Of the perfect state before the fall. So getting us back to that place of what God intended before Adam and Eve fell. The restitution, getting us that place. And the theocracy and the reconstitution has to do with dominating in the spirit. Dominion in other words. He said he's going to give them dominion. Well, how do we get back to that place when we come under the rule of Jesus Christ in our hearts and begin to understand that he's not only your Savior, but he's your Lord and his word and him are the same. 
Amen. And what his word says, you don't doubt it. Amen. Amen. Because doubt and do without, believe and receive. I'm going to read this one last statement. Mm. The will of the Father is the word of the Father. Amen. The word of the Father is the way of the Father. And the way of the Father is the work of the Father. And the work of the Father is the word of the Father. The will, the word, the way, the work. Amen. Hallelujah. Any questions? I have one question, boys. May not be to you alone, but maybe open for everyone about giving process. I don't know how you see this one. Sometimes we have faith, and our faith do shake sometimes. Most time, right? So I want to know that period where you have your faith, and then your faith, something comes, but then you realize that my meditation and the word of my mouth should be should, should be in line together. Mm -hmm. How do you see it? Is, it? is it doubt? Well, Jesus said, <clears throat> and the cares of this world, mm -hmm. and the deceitfulness of the riches, and the lusts of other things, enter it in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Yeah. So the product of doubt Right, is going to be that there's no results, no fruit. Right? Mm -hmm. So now we know that Jesus said when the word comes, the seed of the kingdom of God comes into our lives, faith comes. Because faith comes by hearing here by the word. But Jesus said also, and when the word comes, faith comes, Satan comes to take away the word immediately yeah. that was sown in their hearts. Yeah. And how does he do that? But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things. In other words, your focus gets off God and the Word and what He said He's going to do. You start thinking about how am I going to solve this solution or this problem? How am I going to do it? Yeah. Not what does the Word say about Amen. it. Yeah. What I'm saying is that you have the faith, but later on, that thought, what you're saying, it comes. But after you realize that it's like my meditation is going outside than what I confess, that is, you have the faith, you spoke the faith. But then, Later on, something comes to shake your faith. But later on, you realize, no, I must keep saying, I must keep believing what I said in with my mouth. Well, the in whole thing, period, right? How do, how do you see it? Well, the whole thing is about being consistent, right? Yeah. You know, regardless of what I'm, I go through, you know, in, in my life, you know, I still have to believe God's word. So the principle is see the kingdom of God. See, take, take the kingdom of God, because if I don't take it by force, and hold. Mm -hmm. See, take and hold. You've got to hold, which means you've got to maintain your ground. Yeah. So if we were in a battle, right, yeah. with somebody physically, and we're using bows and arrows, yeah. no, I, we would have to maintain the ground, right? Our, our, our tents, our loved ones, right? And because if not, the enemy is going to come and take it. So we got to maintain those. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Father. To bring forth the bread of life, amen. I thank you for your principles and your ways, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that Moses knew your ways, the children of Israel knew your acts, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, for your for your word, for your spirit right now in our lives. And I thank you for the faith that's being built up in our hearts, oh God, and understanding how you operate, Father God, and understanding that when we bring forth your word in, in our lives, in our families' lives, and our brothers and sisters, we have to intend, we have to have purpose behind it. And we must not doubt in our hearts, Father God. And I pray right now, Father God, you begin to recover us, Father God, from any doubt or any unbelief in our hearts, Father God.
and cause us to turn back, Father God, to the true glory of your word, Father God, and taking you and what you say in your word. For it is written, Father, that you are not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent. For have you said, and shall you not do it? And have you spoken it, and shall you not make it good? Thank you, Father God, for this opportunity. We bless you, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. 